Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. We've all been there. Press for time, patience, or the will to cook yet another meal, we turn to eating snacks for dinner. While these meals are often thrown together, there is no denying that grazing on smaller bites is less stressful and often more pleasurable than planning and preparing a traditional meal. In this book, Volger transforms carefree noshing into nourishing meals with recipes to inspire your own make-from-scratch snack spreads that are not only quick to make, but also deeply satisfying. The perfect snacky dinner revolves around seven main components, from crispy, crunchy, savory bites to sips and sweets. Volger shows how these flavorful components can be mixed and matched to create a palate-pleasing meal. The possibilities are endless. Best of all, many of these bites can be made ahead and stored in the fridge or pantry for easy assembly. With Volger's simple, wholesome recipes and pairing guidance, snacks for dinner is no longer shameful, but a healthy, fun, and respectable choice. This is Snacks for Dinner, Small Bites, Full Plates, Can't Lose by Lucas Volger. Joining me today for our Loveland Libcast, Loveland Cookbook Group edition of the podcast, of course, Ashley Reger, recipe developer and food writer for Westward. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And we are very excited because we have a returning guest welcoming back Molly Martin, food and drink editor for Westward. Molly, thank you so much for joining us again for the Loveland Libcast. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) Absolutely. We are going to be talking about our June cookbook today, which is Snacks for Dinner, Small Bites, Full Plates, Can't Lose by Lucas Volger. And before we dive into this, I want to give a preview of our upcoming cookbook so people can anticipate those. In July, the Don't Panic Pantry cookbook by Noah Galutin. And then in August, the Ball Complete Book of Home Preserving by Judy Kingry. We are not sponsored by Ball for doing this, even though I think they have the (laughs) arena that the Nuggets and Avalanche play in. That's coming up in July and August. Ashley and Molly, I wanted to ask if either of you had made, and by made I mean cook or bake anything, either from a previous cookbook that we've highlighted on this show, or if there's anything you're cooking or baking and loving right now. Well, I actually got the book that I was on talking about last time, the Molly Boz cookbook for Christmas. So I have it. I've been reading through it. I haven't actually made anything in it, but she, as we talked about last time, loves Caesar salads. And now I have developed a bit of a Caesar salad obsession. So I just made this week, I made a pasta that I've put like little elements of Caesar salad in each layer. So I like put a little Worcestershire sauce in the pasta itself. And then I made some breadcrumbs that I tossed in like anchovy paste butter, essentially. Wow. And put those on top. And then I took, I roasted a chicken 
with it. And I took the chicken schmaltz and I mixed it with lemon juice and Dijon mustard. And kind of had that on the side with the roast chicken. And it was like Caesar vibes pasta. It was, wow. I think Molly yeah. Boz would be proud of me. <laughs> I think so too. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that really does sound amazing to me too. <laughs> and good to know that uh, Santa apparently is one of our listeners. Yes. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, but Caesar salads are kind of one of my, like, uh, I'm just going to look the other way. And that, yeah. So that's really like, oh, that combo with pasta. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And Ashley, how about yourself? One of my favorite books that we have covered in this series has been I Dream of Dinner So You Don't Have To by Ali Slagle. And so I recently cooked her one pot chicken and rice with smoked paprika. And it's like a one skillet dish. You put the rice in uncooked, you use leftover shredded chicken, or you can use like chickpeas or really just leave out the chicken if you if you don't want the meat. And it was awesome. It was so tasty and it came together in like 20 minutes. So that is just such a good book. I keep coming back to it. It's so awesome. I have I have leftover chicken from my recent meal. So I might I might need to get that recipe from you, Ashley. So I yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll have to return to some of these cookbooks that we because there's this they're so rich with awesome ideas mm. and recipes and stuff so that's fantastic we're off yeah. to a hot start of making each other hungry so <laughs> <laughs> and so as i mentioned this time around for our june cookbook we are talking about snacks for dinner Small Bites, Full Plates, Can't Lose by Lucas Volger. And Ashley and I have kind of bantered a little bit about this because just the the title itself, you're like, snacks for dinner. Yes, that is. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Ashley, why did we choose this cookbook? Well, as I was reflecting and and finding a way to put into words why we chose this book, because as you mentioned, we have talked about it like it's four o'clock, five o'clock, and you're looking in your fridge, what's going to be for dinner? And it's just so fun and exciting to put together all the little things that you already have as a really cool and fun dinner. I'm thinking as we go into summer and as we like go to farmer's markets and have really, really fresh produce that's already so delicious on its own, you're not about to go and spend hours cooking something that's already great. So I think that this book really, really highlights how to let those ingredients shine and add a little bit of a spin that maybe you wouldn't have thought about. So he takes things like popcorn or boiled eggs and gives you different seasonings to add to those. They're also really good for potlucks or picnics because these are all really shareable recipes. And then something that I didn't realize when I first started, or actually the first several times that I looked through this book, is it's all vegetarian. So it's a very cool way to get some of those veggies. I think the appeal is pretty evident and like everyone likes snacking. <laughs> and and I, I that's a great point. I hadn't even thought about summer farmer's markets because you flip through this and the pictures are beautiful and it's, it is all that fresh stuff and veggies and fruits and you're just like, oh yeah, where, where am I going to get those? the farmer's market that's that's perfect yeah i think he just gives you a lot of really good tools to pull together a cohesive vibe for a snacks for dinner dinner that i personally struggle with i usually am pulling such random ingredients but he really pulls in a very cohesive theme 
Thank you, Ashley. And Molly, I'm going to throw this one at you first. Are there any notes about the author or recipes inside? Anything that kind of stands out for you in terms of who might want to try these recipes or just any information about Lucas Volger, if you know anything? So I was not familiar with Lucas Volger. I I did a little bit of researching before this, um, but I just mostly was enjoying the names of the chapters where we get into things like salads that you can eat with your hands. I love that like popcorn is getting a a shout out as like a viable (laughs) dinner option (laughs) because so many chefs that I know and me and other food writers it's kind of wild how often I actually have popcorn for dinner (laughs) because you can make it really savory and good and like a handful of popcorn and yeah, like a really light little salad or, you know, veggies with a dip is I think totally acceptable. And now I feel kind of justified. So thank you, Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Making me feel like that's a grown up thing I can do. Yeah, I had, I had a similar impression, like flipping through it and reading some of the recipes that everything feels elevated, but it really is like pretty straightforward and simple. It's like f- just finding the the ingredients is really half mm-hmm. the battle. And some of those spreads and things where you're just like, oh, yeah, this is this yeah. is it. <laughs> yeah. And I believe he has a whole is it a whole chapter that's on like deviled eggs or hard boiled eggs. Going back to my my Caesar salad obsession, I did recently uh, for a party with friends, a Caesar salad board where like mm-hmm. one of the elements was just hard boiled eggs, but that you kind of undercook them a little. So they're still kind of creamy in the middle. And just those on a board with like some crostini, some pieces of lettuce, the dressing to dip it in, a couple cucumbers. Like it was super simple, but really impressive still. To back up a little bit, I wanted to talk about Lucas Volger. I think I wasn't extremely familiar with him either coming into it, although I had seen his name around. So I did a little bit of research to talk a little bit about who Lucas Volger is. He's a cookbook author, recipe developer. He has contributed to platforms like New York Times, Bon Appetit, and Food 52. And then something that I really wanted to highlight about him was that he was the editorial director of a queer food journal that ran from 2014 to 2020 called Jerry, and that was a James Beard award-winning magazine. He really sits at the point where food and LGBTQ communities overlap. And of course, they overlap in so many places as very um, gathering-driven groups. So I think the recipes in this book are really, really pretty straightforward. So beginner cooks can come to this without too much worries that it's going to be, you know, big cooking projects, big weekend long endeavors that you're getting yourself into, (laughs) like baking sourdough bread for 72 hours. (laughs) A lot of the recipes are designed to come together very quickly. And then um, not only do they come together, but they last for, you know, a week in the fridge so you can enjoy it over a couple of days or share it with friends. So for people who want something really fast to put together, I was really drawn to the crispy, crunchy snack section. There's the smoky glazed pistachios that looked really yummy and would be good by the handful or on salads. And same with the lemony fried chickpeas. Those are just like fried up in a skillet and could be a good crunchy component. And if someone's looking for something a little bit more complex, I really liked the more complex dips that he had in there. Again, not super long-lasting or or strenuous recipes, but 
There's the spinach and ricotta dip that is super bright green and creamy and inspired by like a sog paneer that you might get from an Indian restaurant. It's a really yummy, beautiful Instagram worthy dip (laughs) that he has. Definitely everything from 10 minutes or if you have an hour to an hour and a half, I think it's the max that you'll be spending. Our cookbook kits for this cookbook in June will be the salt and pepper wheat crackers. So there will be whole wheat flour, chia seeds, and cornmeal. And those always come out again on the second Thursday of the month, which will be June 8th. And there's there's just so many dips and things that you can you can utilize these with. You can have a lot of fun after you have these ready to go. Ashley, do you have any notes or tips for this particular recipe for folks? Sure. So I actually made this recipe a few days ago. I'm still snacking on them a few days later. And I would say that crackers aren't a super common thing for most people to have made. So it's probably a new project for many. And the great news is that crackers are super forgiving. So even as I was making them earlier this week, and I made crackers before, I was like, I think I'm messing this up somehow. (laughs) I followed his directions to roll them out. He mentions that it's like a little bit fussy and it it actually was a little bit easier than I anticipated reading that. But I was still like just in my head about it. I was worried that I was somehow it's too thick or my edges are really ugly. But then I remembered like crackers, it takes a lot to mess them up. So I baked them off anyway. They turned out beautifully. They turned out just the way that he described them. They're very yummy. They're obviously very simply seasoned. So you can use them with all of these different dips. Um, So I would say if you've never made crackers before and you're listening to this before you make your recipe kit, just keep going. I promise it'll work out. Don't be worried. Crackers are hard to mess up. You got this. It'll turn out great. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a little encouragement for people, especially like me, who are like, I'm making crackers, but they look and sound delicious. Molly, do you have any cracker experience? I was just trying to think about that while Ashley was talking. I don't think I have ever made a cracker. So perhaps I need to try this project. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you I'm come not by much the... of a baker, Ash- Ashley knows I I you're <laughs> away from baking, but yeah, that that this one seems like one I could I could do. <laughs> <laughs> this one is cool. It has chia seeds that he grinds. You can either grind them in a like a mortar and pestle or a little food processor or a seed grinder, and it like makes the crackers a little bit more tender, so they aren't like super crunchy or crispy and they don't get like super stale over a couple of days. They're a really nice texture. I'm trying to think of something to compare them to. Like it's not like a Triscuit. It's not like a wheat thin. It's very unique, but um, a nice crisp, but not crunchy bite. I'm just imagining having a, a charcuterie board where you could be like, and I made those crackers that you're enjoying. Oh yeah. I love, love a charcuterie board, love a cheese board. (laughs) And yeah, all of these fun things that you can add on, like just add a level of impressiveness when you present it to friends and you can be like, oh, I made those nuts or I made those whatever element Mm. it is on the board. And it really isn't that much work, but people are always like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And especially if it's delicious, it's like they really think yeah. you're a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> That's the trick to making people think you're an impressive cook. It's having these like little easy recipes in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I've gotten to where I am. <laughs> I hate the crackers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that encouragement and your honesty molly <laughs> i've never made crackers either though so that is really good to know that it, it shouldn't be intimidating and there's wiggle room where you, you don't need to feel like you got to nail it in some certain way or something like that that's that's very encouraging to me i'll throw this one to you first molly do you have any recommendations for cookbooks or food writers or social media personalities similar to lucas Folger, who you've come across or even this type of cookbook that's that's you know more focused on these kind of smaller or maybe easier entry or just using, you know, vegetarian recipes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's one I wanted to shout out. It won a James Beard Award in 2019 for Best Vegetarian or Vegetable Forward, I think, cookbook was the category, by Eileen Rosen, who was a longtime um, savory chef at City Bakery in New York City and is widely credited with starting kale salads. Wow. <laughs> Not sure that we, she but she's kind of known for being like the person who made the first kale salad. And she made it, her cookbook, her 2019 cookbook is called Saladish. And I kind of was thinking in the same vein as Ashley when I was thinking about the snacking for dinner farmer's market season, it being just a really prime time to brush up on fun ways to use fresh produce and all the beautiful things that are going to be in our farmer's markets now that spring is really ramping up. And it's a great cookbook for that because it gives you different ideas of how to treat vegetables and like amp them up a little bit. So you're not just, a salad doesn't just have to be a bowl of lettuce with other raw things on top, right? It can have all of these other elements that make it really fun and interesting. So I think that would be a great one for people to, to look at over these spring and summer months. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm <laughs> coming to terms with the fact that I don't think I'm a leafy green salad person, but there are so <laughs> many other kinds of salads. Like even, yes. even like cabbage-based salads are so good and I love them so much better than like, an arugula salad is a person. I'm not an arugula person myself either. I, uh, yeah. They're, they're a little I, spicy. I, just, <laughs> I, I love arugula, but I was just having a conversation with someone about zucchini not getting the love I think it deserves. And raw zucchini in particular that you can thinly shave for a salad base, I think mm. is very underrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saladish. It's It's on my radar now, too. <laughs> and uh, Ashley, do you have any recommendations to share with folks? Yes. I think once a season, I have to bring up newsletters. If you're not subscribing to newsletters from like chefs, I'm mostly in the food world and the newsletter scene. I'm sure there's others, but there are so many awesome food media creators who are doing email newsletters as their main form of sharing. Lucas Volger, the uh, author of this book, actually does have a newsletter called Family Friend that I've really been enjoying. Around Mother's Day, he posted an update that was about a cheese ball that his mom used to make and his mom passed away a couple of years ago. And I really connected with that story that he shared. If you like snacks for dinner and if you like Lucas Volger, I think that you will also like What to Cook When You Don't Feel Like Cooking, which is a newsletter by Caroline Chambers. And she just has a really forgiving and gracious way of sharing recipes that are easy to make. But, you know, something that you want to come up with on your own, especially when you cook dinner three to seven times a week, you know, as we all 
So, and then Molly mentioned Cook This Book by Molly Baz, which we covered last year. And I think that that is a really good companion to snacks for dinner as well, because she also has a lot of little recipes in her book that translates really well to a really wide variety of dishes. She has like sauces and toppings and here's how you toast breadcrumbs to put on pasta. And here's how you make like a Vietnamese sauce to put over chicken. So I think those two are really good options. Awesome. Thank you. Molly, since you are a special guest, I wanted to ask if there were any Westward updates you want to give folks or exciting things they could look forward to or they're happening now. I heard that there is a podcast that you're involved with that's not this one. (laughs) I'm not cheating on you guys, but (laughs) (laughs) no, we have lots of exciting stuff happening at Westward um, always, but particularly this time of year. So our best of Denver issue, which is huge that we do annually came out in March. That's online now. There are over 130 categories just in the food section of editors' picks of our favorite everything from, you know, Italian restaurants and hamburgers to where to go get a martini, and everything you could think of. So, you know, people are, are dining in and around the Denver area. Definitely check out our, our Best of Denver and other categories too. Shopping and services has a ton of fun picks. I use that for um, thrift shopping with my daughter on Mother's Day. We hit up some of those places. So yeah, that's a, just a great resource to so many things in Denver and we work really hard on it. And then just this week, I had the opportunity to do the cover story which was about titled The Salmon Man. It's um, <laughs> it's about a store off Colfax called Town and Country Market that's been there for decades and decades since at least the 40s. And it has a really interesting history and it's owned now by a guy named Duffy, um, whose uncle owned it before him. And he also runs a fresh Alaskan salmon business out of it that has kind of been a hidden secret gem used by many of the fine dining restaurants in town. But it's just a fun story about a yeah. fun, nice guy. So you know, people are looking for a good read with a little bit of cool Colorado history. I love that story. And then, yeah, CityCast is a podcast that covers stuff going on in Denver. They Every every weekday they come out with an episode. So I'm going to be, I've been on a couple times with them and I'll be doing an episode with them next week. And then the plan is to do something monthly with them from here on out focused in the food world. So you can look for those episodes. And then if anyone's looking for things to do this summer, Westward is also having our Out to Brunch event in June, a big brunch festival. And then in August, Tacolandia, a big taco festival at Civic Center Park. So lots of stuff happening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, that sounds like a, a very cool story to learn about those those hidden yeah. gems in Colorado history. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you're creeping up on a place that's been around for almost 100 years. It's it's right. getting there. That's, that's right. fantastic. <laughs> and... Before we go, we always like to touch on any recommendations that we have. Ashley, are you reading or watching or listening to anything that you want to share with our audience? Yes. So I just finished listening to the audiobook of a nonfiction book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And it was just, it was a really, really lovely read. Uh, she does a wonderful job of describing how to put together an event that is warm and welcome and meaningful for everything from like a small dinner party of four people, four to six people, to an entire conference of hundreds of people. So I I learned something from literally every chapter. And as someone who loves to host and have dinner parties and likes to make my friends answer the questions, <laughs> like, what are you thankful for right now? Um, <laughs> it like really 
made my heart happy to to read that book. I'm excited to implement some of her her ideas. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> and uh, I know you mentioned that article that people should check out, Molly. But there's is there no. anything you're reading or watching or listening? Yeah, to? so Ashley mentioned newsletters. I I tend to not listen to podcasts, so I've been trying to find other other ways to get information. <laughs> Everyone's always telling you about cool podcasts, and I just can't seem to find the time to. You're on them. You that. don't listen to. I'm on them. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I have really been enjoying newsletters. And one I recently signed up for that I'm really liking is Ruth Reichel's. She was the food critic at the Los Angeles Times and the New York Times. She was the food critic for decades. And she's now doing this newsletter on Substack that you can sign up for. There's a free version and also a paid version. But it's just a fun mix of like her reminiscing about meals she had in the past, but also what she's doing now and stories and anecdotes from her time doing that. And it's it's just a really fun, like you kind of never know what topics she's going to hit on. And I really like just, just in my inbox. So when I have a down moment at work, I can skim through it and been loving that. And then someone did recently tell me about a podcast called Recipe of the Day by um, Christine Pittman does it. And it's cool because it's only like five minutes and she just kind of talks you through one recipe in five minutes. And it's like, if you're kind of stuck, you know, you need a little recipe inspiration, I, those are great little tidbits and um, and manageable enough time that I can listen to two or three in the car on my really short drive home. So I've been enjoying that one. Awesome. Cool. Thank you both for sharing. I don't have anything to share. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I have things I need to read and I will read them. I'm going to go see the new Fast and the Furious movie. So maybe I'll talk about that next time. Well, on that note, Molly, thank you again so much for joining the podcast. It was great to have you return and chat about snacks for dinner with us. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. I'm going to go make some snacks for dinner. So All right. <laughs> and Ashley, of course, as always, your wonderful co-host. Thank you for doing this. You pick great recipes, great cookbooks, and it's always <laughs> so wonderful to hear your insights on these. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us again for another Loveland cookbook group edition of the Loveland Libcast. We'll be back next month with the Don't Panic Pantry cookbook by Noah Galutin. So thank you all for listening and we will see you next time on the Loveland Libcast. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.